Welcome to Health Rants. Join us and learn how not to let healthcare rip you off or kill you. Together, we will explore the secrets of healthcare and give you insight on how to make a better and informed decision about your health and your healthcare. I'm Dr. Bob Braille. I'm a chiropractor for over 40 years, and I've seen it and heard it all. So welcome to our podcast, Health Rants. Hi, and welcome to Health Rants. I'm your host, Dr. Bob Braille. And today I want to have a discussion about numbers. You see, uh, you know, in all the healthcare sciences and all of the uh, uh, human biosciences, all of that is um, best guess. And, and what I mean is this, you know, we talk about science when it comes to healthcare being at the top level, having the best science is important and following the science. The only problem with it, healthcare is that healthcare is not an exact science. There's a reason they call it practice is because hopefully healthcare is always improving. Uh, what we know today is far shy of what we'll know tomorrow and far ahead of what we knew yesterday. There are many uh, procedures, medical procedures, that are not done anymore because they were cutting edge at the time and found to be dangerous later. And that's true with just about everything. Now, the one absolute science, though, is math. Math is math in our universe anyway. Uh, two plus two equals four. doesn't matter. So math is actually the only absolute science. Even physics can be questioned a little bit and has been. But math is an absolute. So I'm going to apply a little bit of math today to healthcare itself. And let me start off by a little bit of a disclaimer. This is not a discussion on what you should personally do. And what I mean by that is we're going to be talking a little bit about COVID-19. We're going to be talking about the vaccinations of COVID-19. I am not here to tell you what to do. This is not a discussion on the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, you know, I don't make my healthcare decisions personally out of fear. So I'm not going to tell you to fear it, to not to fear it, to fear the disease. That's not what this is about. This is going to be about numbers. And part of my um, decision to use this, uh, to, to follow this topic was that I've been hearing an awful lot of things on television and in the news and all over the press about, you know, how our, our vaccination rate has been going up. Um, they were trying for 70% on a national level and uh, they made it over 50% not too long ago. Some states were at 70%. And, you know, conversely, the cases of uh, COVID are dropping rapidly. And everybody is, is really happy about that. Uh, and on the news, I constantly hear that, you know, the vaccination is working and the case rates are dropping. Um, there's only one issue with that relative to that relationship. And the issue is math. <laughs> because the numbers don't say that. Now, I'm not going to use any, uh, you know, weird website numbers or anything odd. I'm going to be using two sources of numbers here. One is uh, Our World in Data, which is a data collection uh, organization. And it, this is really a, a kind of a non-specific, uh, uh, I won't say non-specific, I'll say non-political data collection. They have a chart that I was able to find online. I was able to find the raw numbers that validate this, but the chart was what I was kind of looking for here. They have a chart online of the total percentage of the U.S. population that has received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. 
And the beginning date on this tracking was December 20th, 2020, which is, I guess, when they started, you know, doing vaccinations in any kind of a scale. And the ending date on this is June the 2nd, 2021. So it's, it's a few weeks old as of this recording. But it's pretty accurate. And at that point, it was just over 50% at June 2nd, 2020. The other data point I'm going to be using is right off the CDC's website. They have a good tracker on there, a COVID uh, data tracker, where they track the number of cases on a daily basis as well as on a seven-day rolling average. So this is, uh, both of these you can find online with your own Google searches and come up with it pretty easy. The CDC's is really easy to find. The other one, I had to kind of search to find the right graph to, to graphically show what I saw on the CDC's website, which was raw numbers, which made it harder to draw a graph. Um, so I have both of these graphs in front of me right now. Now, what's interesting about this if we start off with the COVID-19, the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention's tracker, um, they start theirs, I, I have a cutoff here of December 10th. I cut the, the graph off at that date and uh, looked at the number of cases. Now, at that point, the cases are the daily cases. In many days, were over 200,000 new cases a day with a rolling average between 200 and 250. The high point, okay, was... January the 8th, 2021, uh, with the new cases of 307,101 and a seven-day moving average of 249,032. 249,032. So it was a high number. I, by all stats, that was the highest COVID numbers of uh, verified COVID uh, positive tests of people who had it or po tested positive anyway. Okay, now from that point forward, you start to see a decline. Now, if you look over the last few years, you saw, over the last, excuse me, year, you saw these peaks and then decline, peaks and then decline. And none of the peaks were as high as the one this winter by far. Uh, the last year's peaks were high, but this was the highest. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was the third peak in the trend over the course of the year and change of COVID. And then it starts to drop off uh, pretty significantly to where if you go forward to February the 10th, 2021, okay, you're at 96,345 new cases with a seven-day rolling average of 99,000, under 100,000. So go back now. We're at December, I mean, excuse me, January 8th to February 10th, one month and two days, okay? You go from a rolling average of about 250,000 a day if you average it out over the week, down to under 100,000 a day in just one month. And you say, well, that's spectacular. And it is. Um, you know, you, you, we could all be very pleased with that. Now, let's put that up against the vaccine numbers over that same period of time. Okay? If we look at February 10th, okay, on the number percentage of the population, the U.S. population, that it received at least one dose of COVID. Not the full vaccination, if there's two required, but one. On February 10th, the number of U.S. people, the, the, the percentage of the U.S. population was 10.1. Okay? 10%, just one tick over 10% of the U.S. population. Go back. Okay? We had a high 
of 250,000 okay, cases on January 8th, and it dropped two-thirds, almost two-thirds, to under 100,000 by February 10th. Yet the vaccinations only made it to 10% by that time. If you know a little bit about math, it would be pretty much impossible to say 10% of the population caused nearly a two-thirds drop in the cases. It just doesn't work that way. So what we have here is, you know, ramping up of the people getting vaccinated. But on February, by the time there was already a near two-thirds drop in cases, we had only vaccinated 10% of the U.S. population. It's impossible to say then that the drop in COVID cases was due to the inoculation because it could not have been. The numbers just don't show it. It's not there. Now, if you continue to look at the percentage of people being vaccinated, it increased to where in about another month we were at about 20% and less than a month after that, 30 and then 40 about a month. And then 50, it took a little bit longer because it started to slow down a little bit, okay? But if you then transpose that against the number of COVID cases, they declined less, less steeply in the next month than they did in the previous month when we only got to 10% of the population, okay? In fact, if you look at the very early days when there was like 4 or 5%, you had a huge drop in the number of cases of COVID based upon only 4 or 5%. Would you just hit the lucky ones? The numbers can't match up. It just doesn't work. Now, if you look after February 10th, the COVID cases slowly decline. They don't decline as rapidly as they did up to February 10th. And then there's a slight uptick and then a slow, gradual decrease again until uh, June 2nd, okay, where we're, where we're ending the, the, the discussion here. Yet the vaccination increase continued to increase at a pretty steady rate and only started to slow off when it got closer to 50% when people who really weren't sure about getting the vaccine weren't getting it or those who were against it just weren't going to get it. So if you transpose those two graphs on top of each other, there is no mathematical way that you can say that the vaccine caused a decrease in the COVID cases. Now, it, does that prove that it's ineffective? Well, I'm not going to go there yet. Because we have, you know, from a scientific standpoint, there are other possibilities here. One, since I did mention that there were other spikes in COVID, you could make the argument that the vaccine prevented a future spike. Well, okay, I, I don't have evidence that says it doesn't. I don't think there's an over amount of evidence that says it does. Okay, but you could make the argument that's a possibility that the COVID cases did not increase again because they had done it twice before, uh, although not to the level they did in January, but they had done it before to where, you know, you have a, a situation of, you know, the vaccine could have suppressed a future, uh, if it's effective, could have suppressed a future rise in cases. Maybe, okay. The further down the line we get, the more variants there are, the more mutations there are. Um, I would question as to the effectiveness of a vaccine that was made a while ago with current, you know, continual mutations of the, of the uh, virus itself. But that's, that's for a different discussion and for other scientists to bring up as far as how it would be effective and how are they testing it if the mutations are so fast, how can they track that? 
especially since the cases have dropped in the United States um, and they haven't really vaccinated. I mean, they're over 50 percent now. They're probably over as of this recording. I think it's over 60 percent. But still, um, we are at a situation where the cases were already down before the vaccination was out to any chunk of the population. So how is it possible? You know, as I mentioned in one of our first podcasts, you know, a year ago when this pandemic, actually more than a year ago when the pandemic first started, vac- uh, excuse me, viruses go through a normal process of mutation. They usually become less virulent as time goes on, and they become kind of absorbed by the population to where you don't hear about it. Yeah, there are a number of flus that have gone around where not a, fair, not a large portion of the population got vaccinated, and yet the flu went away. That's what's supposed to happen. That's how we don't lose our entire population. And from a biology standpoint, it's not very effective if a virus kills off all of its hosts. It just That's just not good science. It's not good biology. So hopefully, you know, that's, that's not what we're looking at. In this case, though, the numbers don't match up. Now, you could say that, okay, 10% should have had an effect of affecting 10% of the population, and that could drop the cases, yeah, but not by that number in that amount of time. And keeping in mind, 10% was reached as of after the drop of almost two-thirds. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a huge drop before we got to 10%. The numbers started dropping. If you look at the CDC's graph, it's clearly right there. You can hover over and see the daily numbers and the seven-day rolling average. I mean, we're January 10th, we're at 249,032 daily average cases. The actual day on that day was 307,000 cases, okay? And the reason they use a seven-day rolling is because, you know, someday the cases aren't reported as much or a weekend or whatever it is. So, you know, the average amount, which actually becomes a little bit more accurate anyway. But the percentage of the population that got vaccinated, that's pretty accurate because it has to be a rolling number. You know, it has to be a... What percentages? That's a very trackable situation. How many shots did you give out? So even if you claim that a lot of people had COVID who didn't get it, okay, but the percentages of people testing positive has also dropped dramatically. I know the last check that I had, we were down to 1.6% in this particular state of Georgia, uh, which was well below the 9 to 10% it was during the height of this thing. And yet that number was dropping precipitously before the vaccine was mass uh, distributed. So, you know, the numbers don't match up. Now, this is not some conspiracy thing. I'm not saying somebody's hiding the numbers. You know, typically in healthcare, there is a um, hysterical diagnosis factor, or that also has to do with treatment as well, meaning that when Everybody seems to be getting something. Everybody seems to get diagnosed with it. And it's only because it's popular. And that's happened over our history in a number of different cases. Um, There is some evidence of that during the big polio thing. A lot of people were diagnosed with polio who actually didn't have polio. They had uh, spinal meningitis or a whole host of other neurological or even digestive issues that were kind of diagnosed. In my research years ago, uh, before computers having to sit in a library and pull up numbers, I found a similar scenario with the polio vaccine that the numbers had started decreasing before the mass distribution of the polio vaccine. Now, polio vaccines were credited with, later were credited with the uh, eradication of polio, but my early numbers didn't show that. They showed this typical trend that I see here, 
where the disease is decreasing as the rollout begins with the vaccination. And there's just no way math-wise you can have a 10% cause a two-thirds drop. It, it just, you know, unless you happen to know who's going to get it and you happen to just go get those people vaccinated and you get real lucky, but that's not how it works. You know, people just show up randomly to get vaccinated. And the people who get tested at this point, I would predominantly say are people who are symptomatic because I don't think we're doing a lot of large-scale uh, random testing where people just show up to get tested. I think people showing up to get tested are those who have a symptom and feel they might have the issue. Um, and in that sense, if we're down to a very low percentage of even those people being tested positive, we're in a pretty good place as far as the uh, vaccine, uh, excuse me, the virus having run its course. So what does that bring us to here on this particular uh, podcast? You know, It just basically is to clear it up. I'm not here to tell you what to do with your health, how to guide your health care. You know, I believe in health care freedom. I believe that people should have the right to make their own cho choices based upon proper information, not scare tactics, not uh, conspiracy theories, not uh, uh, bogus science, but, you know, based upon whatever real science is available, not, some, not just taking someone's word for it either, taking a look yourself. And these numbers were totally verifiable. I, I, and what stirred me on this was listening to the uh, uh, some some newscasts at night, and um, I would hear and watch the drop on on the uh, official websites of the number of cases of COVID. And yet, I heard that the vaccine was just reaching this percentage or that percentage. And then, shortly after, just a couple of weeks, they're claiming that the vaccine is having a major impact on the number of COVID cases. And it didn't match what I heard just a few weeks earlier on the very same programs. So I decided to look it up myself and pull up official data. And the data is real clear. It shows very clearly that only 10% of the population was vaccinated with at least one dose, not the full one dose on February 10th, 10.1% of the population. And by that time, you had a huge drop prior to that on that date of almost two thirds of a drop in cases. So, you know, the numbers can't match like that. It just doesn't work that way. So hopefully this gives you a little bit more information. I always recommend you make health decisions based upon what you think improves your health, not fear. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not one to try to scare people into getting any kind of care whatsoever. I think you do things that improve your health, not do things because you're afraid of, of what might happen if you don't. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of that one. I'm not into scare taxing health care, even though a good portion of our health care system is based on that. But that's another discussion for another health uh, for another health uh, health rants podcast. So thank you for listening today and uh, have a wonderful day and make good healthy decisions. Thank you. You have been listening to Health Rants. My name is Dr. Bob Braille, and I've been your host. Subscribe to this podcast and join us for future rants on a large variety of subjects related to health and health care. Thank you for listening to Health Rants. Health Rants is sponsored by Braille Chiropractic. Find out more and listen to previous episodes on our website, www.braillechiropractic.com. That's B-R-A-I-L-E chiropractic.com.
The opinions on this podcast are meant to encourage discussion on healthcare issues and are not meant as specific medical or healthcare advice. You should only seek health advice from your healthcare professionals. This has been Health Rant.